everyone. Welcome back to But What Will People Say? I'm your host, Disha Mazeppa, and this is a South Asian interracial relationship and lifestyle podcast. Welcome back for another episode. A little bit of an off-topic solo episode because I'm feeling motivational today. And I've also, actually, I'm not feeling motivational. I've actually been feeling like I'm not doing enough, which I know some of you are listening are like, Disha, can you do anything more than you already do? Uh, Yeah, probably, because I think I've just been in a weird space where I feel like I'm not doing enough in terms of making progress with either the podcast or my business. And sometimes I don't know where my career is supposed to fall in all of this. And so it gets a little bit crazy. And I'm like, where are my priorities shifting? Am I not prioritizing the right things? Um, But I've gotten a lot better just like rolling with the process and going with it. But on today's episode, I wanted to talk about celebrating our failures. I think we try to brush our failures under the rug where we feel like we didn't succeed and we didn't do enough or we messed up or we made a mistake. We try to not really give those the time they deserve, but then we focus so much on success. And I think really we should acknowledge success, but we should really celebrate failure because failure is where you grow. It's where you learn from those mistakes. It's where you problem solve. And those are always kind of the the personal development spaces too, is what happens when you're uncomfortable or you messed up or you did you didn't do what you were supposed to do maybe or maybe you just didn't know and you thought you did everything right and those are the worst failures it's the failures where we checked all the boxes we did everything right and it still didn't work cuz then you're like well where did we go wrong and you have to sit there and really dissect like what went wrong what did i think was done correctly but maybe wasn't where do we have to change our angle And when you choose to build a life that is a little bit different from the beaten path, there's a lot more room for failure because there's a lot more unknown. There's a lot more things that you didn't expect or didn't know to expect or look out for. But it's still okay because if you learn to celebrate those failures and really be grateful for them as opportunities to learn and take those lessons to help you improve, that's where... I think we could do better at embracing those moments instead of just looking at the success at the end. Because the way, you know, they always say it's about the journey, not the destination. And it's true because 99% of it is the journey and success is that little blip at the end and it doesn't last very long. And the neuroscience nerd in me is, you know, it makes sense because if you look at the way your brain works, our brains are work, are wired for struggle and not so much success. And if you think about dopamine and you think about like we always talk about like serotonin and dopamine and like we're just trying to be happy, like dopamine doesn't actually make you happy. Dopamine is actually a molecule that creates motivation. It creates the drive to do something to achieve a goal. So when you look at that, dopamine is what you're getting while you're in the failure, while you're in the problem solving, while you're on the journey. And then at the end is the success, which is generally fleeting. It's a small moment. It's a short moment. And that's usually when your dopamine drops off. And it's called 
gold medal depression where athletes or Olympians will win their gold medal and afterwards they'll feel empty. They'll just be, they will be depressed. They'll feel upset because where the joy and the excitement and the motivation and the drive was coming from wasn't the standing at that podium with the gold medal. It was the entire process that came before it because those small wins that you get after each failure is what keeps you going. You get a little hit of dopamine, right? You get a little hit of happy and you're like, yes, we're going to keep going. We did one step. We're doing another step, one foot in front of the other. And then when you make it to the end, you have nowhere to go. And that's what I mean by our brains being wired for struggle is because when we hit the top of the mountain, we drop off because we need to now find a bigger mountain to climb. And so when you reframe the idea that you're just working toward a success, it helps you really embrace the actual journey that you're on and the process you're on because ultimately, especially if you're building something like a life for yourself, there's really never a point of like, this is the goal. And I know we all have like staggered goals in our head, like, oh, I'll be successful or happy when I have this much money or this kind of a house or this many kids or this relationship. We think those markers are what are going to give us success and happiness. But when you get there, right, like, okay, you had the wedding. Great. You found your person. You got married. And then what? Well, the joy isn't the wedding. The joy is building your life together, right? It's building a life with the person that you chose to spend your life with. It's problem solving. It's figuring out like, what kind of life do you want? Like, how do you want to save up for maybe these goals, like a a car or a a vacation, or maybe you want to build a different type of lifestyle and you want to save up to travel together for three months, that's where the joy is and the excitement. And so if you choose to just live a life where you're checking boxes, you're celebrating success, right? You're celebrating the definition of success and generally what other people have decided that looks like for you, right? In the past, we've talked about redefining success. What does that actually look like for you? And is it are those goals or those successes based on what other people said? Or is it success defined by you and what that means? And for this year, my goal was to minimize the bullshit is reduce the noise, reduce the stuff that kind of irritates me because it will always be there. But we can always try to do more of the things that excite us and that give us purpose and do Try to just like reduce the other nonsense, whether that's in your career, in your life, in your social group, whatever. Um, And I always say, if you're not sure how to define that, you can always say, what are the consequences? I guess not say ask yourself, what are the consequences of living a life that is expected of you? Because in this realm of interracial relationships, a lot of you are kind of trying to figure out what the life you want to live looks like. And sometimes instead of focusing on what you want, focus on the consequences of not going after it. I always say in so many of, you know, your cliche sayings are like, 
what's scarier, trying and failing or not trying at all? Because if you try, you might succeed, but you might fail. But if you don't try, you fail every single time. And so that same mindset of when you're in these situations where it feels like, what am I fighting for? Why am I in this situation where my culture is kind of toxic and I don't know how to explain all this to my partner and what am I going to lose? Like we always think about what we're going to lose if we bring home the not brown partner, right? What are we're going to lose our our loved ones, our family, our connections to this community. But then what are you also going to lose if you don't fight for that person? Because you might you might be able to save the relationships and the family and the loved ones. But if you don't fight for, say, this person, what are you losing? Well, you're losing this person, right? Whoever you choose to fight for. But also you're losing making decisions for yourself. You're losing your own autonomy in the situation. You're losing control over your own life because we're going back to checking other people's boxes. And there's really nothing sadder than seeing people live to make other people happy because more cliche sayings like you've put the key to your happiness in someone else's pocket. Because, you know, say to your parents, they said, this is what you're going to do to live a happy life. You're going to go to college, you're going to get your degree, you're going to get the nine to five job, and you're going to marry the nice brown boy. And you're going to keep doing those things. You're going to check all those boxes. But eventually, you run out of boxes to check for other people because most brown families, especially, the boxes are like until you're age 30, maybe, maybe 40. You know, if you decide to delay getting married and having kids and all that, because most of society, that's the boxes, right? Like buy the house, have the kids, find the husband. And then what do you do for the rest of it? Like, you're going to be 35 or 40, you've hit all of these, and now what? Now we're dropping off that little dopamine cliff because we've run out of things to work for or build. And instead of going on a journey towards creating a life that you want, you've checked the boxes for somebody else, and then you suddenly take a minute to step back and look at your life, and you're like, wait, when did I, when did I decide this is what I wanted? Like someone else told me, but now I don't know what I want because I've checked all these boxes and now your parents have stopped giving you boxes to check and you've never created your own boxes to fill in your life. So you're kind of left at a loss anyway, whether that's at age 21 or 22 or at 41 or 42, like eventually if you let other people decide like this is the life you should live, well then you're not you're eventually going to have to figure out what to do with yourself. So it's scary to have to be maybe in your 20s or th- or 30s and feel like I don't know what I want. But the process of figuring that out is where the work, the joy and the purpose comes from. It doesn't come from going through the motions and doing the things you are told to do because that's supposed to work. Like, maybe it works for some people, but it it does, I don't know. 
I can't say that it doesn't work. I see lots of people who have gone through the motions, but as I get older, I see a lot of people who went through the motions, did the things, and now are not even 35 and kind of depressed. They, you know, got married, had kids, bought the house, did the thing, got a dog. And now what? They're, I gotta be honest, I know a lot of people that did those things and uh, very much don't seem very happy and admitted it too. So I'm not saying don't do those things. I'm trying to do those things. Mike and I want to buy our little farm, you know, get more dogs, have a bunch of kids. But we're consciously making those decisions. We're actively participating in making those decisions and deciding when would be a good time to do those things. What are the goals we want to achieve first? And we both have personal goals we're working on as well. So we're sort of functioning in parallel, but in step, instead of constantly living in just like, oh, well, this is what you're supposed to do. It's like, we have things we want to do, and then we get to do all the other things. And that's the other thing, right? It's like, what? it's not about what you have to do. It's about what you get to do every day. Today, I get to record this podcast. I get to hang out with my dog. I get to go to the grocery store on a Tuesday morning at eight where it's empty and there's no lines. It's great. Real happy with that one. I will never go to a grocery store on a Sunday like, oh my God, the anxiety. Ultimately, I guess my point is that when you celebrate your failures, you're literally changing what a failure is. And instead of looking looking at it as something to avoid, it's something to really celebrate and be excited about. And don't be discouraged by it because I think when you look at it as something negative, It becomes something that you avoid. Like instead of just doing something, figuring it out, making the mistakes and using that as an opportunity to learn, we're slowing ourselves down by trying to avoid the failure because it's something we see as a bad thing. And if we instead of, you know, coming home and being like, what's the greatest thing you did today? It's like maybe the greatest thing you did today is you, you know, messed up on something or you made a mistake or you lost, you know, at a sport or whatever, like your failure was the thing that you celebrated. It would be something you didn't avoid as much and instead actively were in a process of growth and learning and embracing the good and the bad along the way. And because the success is so fleeting, we can't just like aim for targets the whole time because you're you're kind of constantly have to be seeking more targets. And so when you have big goals or goals that seem daunting, they always say like if your goals don't scare you, they're not big enough. Part of it is because the journey is not big enough. If you pick a goal that you know you're going to reach easily, well then what are you really gaining from that? Like you already know how to reach that goal. You already know how to get there. Just follow the steps. But if it's something that requires learning, then you have somewhere to grow. If you're only setting achievable goals, then what are you really learning? And maybe it's something simple, like you want to learn how to cook, right? Like I want to learn how to make a good meal for myself or my partner or my family. Some people, if you're like me, I've been cooking my whole life. Like I used to be home alone 
a lot and I would have to make myself food and whatever was in the fridge is what I had to work with. And so I became very creative and crafty at figuring out how to put different things together and use like the toaster or the microwave. Um, And so for me, I have to sort of set goals for cooking a little farther because if my goal was like make a good pasta dish, like that's easy. I can do that with my eyes closed. But maybe it's, oh, I saw this on a menu at a restaurant, like a risotto. People think risotto is really hard to make, by the way. It's actually not. But I remember thinking like, oh, that's like not something people make at home. And so I learned how to make risotto. And the first couple of times it was a little wonky. It was a little too like chewy and then whatever. But in that process, now risotto is something I can make on a Tuesday night without thinking about it. Because I learned and I pushed those limits and I embraced every time I maybe didn't make the perfect risotto the first time. Because how are you? You're not going to learn anything if it's perfect every time. Then you've already mastered it. That's the other thing. When you get to success and you can repeat that success over and over, it is a sign of you've mastered it. So now we got to level up. And for me, at least, that's the joy in life when you're like, oh, we can go to the next level. It's like a video game. You can do something a little bit harder. And the thing is, you can always do it. There's nothing really stopping you from achieving the things you want to do, because if it's been done by somebody else, that means it's possible. Now, if your goal is something that has not been done before, kudos to you for trying to figure out something new for the first time. But I would say most people's goals, like 99% of them, have been accomplished by other people. That means it is possible. You just have to do the work and figure it out. And just make it a positive experience. I think that's one of the things that over the last two and a half really years, I, I feel like I've I reshifted my whole life when the pandemic hit. And I don't even know how to go back to the life I had before the pandemic. Um, and part of it, I remember in the beginning just feeling like such a failure and feeling like not do like I wasn't doing enough, but I didn't know what direction to go in. And I, I just was not in the best place. And now I'm like, there are days where maybe I don't get the most done or I'm not the, as productive as I'd like to be, but that's okay. And not in a take the pressure off myself. It's more of an opportunity like, okay, well, why didn't we get these things done? What what do we need to readjust? And I'm constantly readjusting. Granted, my life is constantly readjusting. My days are always different, which is why it's so hard for me to even share a typical day with you guys, especially on social and stuff. I try to. But every single day of my life is different. And so every single day I'm pivoting, I'm readjusting, I'm switching things around. And sometimes it means failing in the sense of things may fall by the wayside. Like last week, last week, I did not get a podcast episode out. Um, And I don't know if really any of you even noticed, but I put a lot of pressure on myself to always get an episode out other than when I plan a break. And so I'm really hard on myself when I don't accomplish that, right? For me, getting an episode every week, getting an episode out every week is a success. But that failure in my head was like, okay, well, why didn't that happen? What what was different? What could I have adjusted or changed? And for me, it was just some bigger life changes that were happening last week. And I was like, 
this is a temporary problem. This isn't really a problem I even need to fix. It was just this was a week that was unlike most of my weeks. And I've gotten really good at unpredictability because that's every single day, every single week. I don't know what to expect. Um, And I'm comfortable in that. I've almost found that space of comfort outside my comfort zone because I don't even really know what a comfort zone looks like anymore. And I thrive there and I'm happy there. Because if I get too comfortable, I get bored and it's just downhill from there. That's where I really start to fail. You want to watch me fail? Watch me be bored. The second I'm bored, it's done. I stop showing up on time. I stop getting things done on time. But instead, I celebrate the journey of this podcast. And even though I didn't get an episode out last week, I did end up recording last week. And I'm recording this week. I have another episode to record after this today. And that's what I love to do. That's where I find the joy. I don't really find once the episode is out, I almost have to turn it off in the sense of like, I I try really hard to not get sucked up in like the minutia once an episode is released of like, who downloaded it? How many people downloaded it? Like how much you know traffic is this getting? Where's the podcast ranking? I very much have actively shut off a lot of that so that all I really do is like, record episodes, edit and release. And then I post and ghost. I just I put it out. I share some stuff on social media to tell you it's out. Because where I find the joy is not being stuck in the numbers or the once it's released, because it's like, great, I got an episode out. Amazing. Let's do it again. It's kind of like we acknowledge the success, right? I got an episode out. And then I celebrate getting back into the journey. So the I acknowledge the success, but I don't really celebrate the success only because then it means I'm working towards just getting episodes out instead of really enjoying the process of like getting to know my guests, getting to talk to new people. That is where I find the joy in this podcast. Like it's not even about like who's listening because I honestly don't know who's listening. And sometimes I'm surprised when somebody tells me they tune in. I'm like, wow, I didn't I didn't expect that Um, because. I just love the actual process of creating episodes for you guys and talking to new people. I think, honestly, that's what keeps this show going is like, I love getting to talk to new people because for most people, uh, after you graduate college, you get a new job and you meet those people and then you kind of stop getting to talk to new and interesting people unless you switch jobs. That's really the only time I think you really introduce yourself to groups of new people Whereas for me, I usually get to new, make a new friend like every couple of weeks or if I'm in a recording zone that I'm talking to new multiple new people, a d- people a day and I get to have meaningful conversations because oh, I hate small talk. I hate it so much and I'm so bad at it. I think people think I'm like very social and outgoing. But if you put me in a room full of people I don't know, I'm like an awkward turtle because I hate small talk. And I think I come across as almost too aggressive if I start asking questions that are deeply like either personal or like, why is this girl picking my brain? And I don't want to be seen as weird. But in the podcast space, it's actually the opposite. I actively go ahead and pick the brains of my guests and I love doing it. And so even though maybe not every single episode is a quote unquote success in the sense that some episodes are much more popular than others. 
And if I was defining success by the numbers, then I would be constantly irritated or annoyed because the successes are show such short little blips. But instead, I get to enjoy the journey of it all. And even if maybe an episode wasn't super successful or as successful as another episode, I get to celebrate the fact that I enjoyed doing it and I loved talking to that person. And so I'm going to stop ranting now. I think I've made my point. I hope you guys acknowledge success, but I hope you celebrate failure. I hope you find joy outside of your comfort zone and in the process of learning and trying new things because it's also good for your brain. It means you're activating different parts of your brain that maybe get underused. So if you're getting too comfortable, if your job is getting too easy, if the things you do are becoming mindless instead of you actively participating in accomplishing something in a day or doing something, you got to shake it up, try something new, change it up, add something into the mix because it's good for you. It's good for your brain and it's just good for life. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I will see you guys next time. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Make sure if you enjoyed this episode, you leave us a review on iTunes. You can find the show on all major streaming platforms. You can find me on Instagram at disha.mazeppa. You can shop my Etsy shop, Disha Mazeppa Designs. Find out everything you want to know about this show at dishamazeppa.com. And if you or someone you know would like to be a guest, you can email bwpspodcast at gmail.com. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye. This podcast is hosted and produced by Disha Mystery Mazeppa. Music for the show was created by Crexwell. <laughs>